0: Today's episode is presented by Tudor University. It's the only online learning resource for college coaches who want to become dominant recruiters. Visit DanTudor.com for all the details. And now, it's time for the show. That's right, it's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. With your host, Starbucks iced tea addict, Dan Tudor. Coach, glad to be with you today. I'm in my car driving, which you may hear some background noise, but it's my opportunity to talk to you and to address this topic, an interesting one that we're going to dive into today. But before we do that, I need to start off with a couple of apologies. Um, So if you notice, the title of this podcast is College Recruiting Weekly. And is it every single week that we put out a new episode? no. But we, we try to stick pretty close to that. If you notice the date that this episode is being released, and go back to the previous episode before it and notice the date that it was released, we went way longer than a week or even two weeks in between episodes. Uh, and look, I don't make excuses, but I do want to offer an explanation because I got a couple of questions. Hey, when, when are the new episodes coming out? Been enjoying the previous ones and catching up, but I want to... I want to know if I've missed a new one, and no, you haven't. The reason is because around the time at the last episode that uh, that was released, um, I got word that my mom wasn't doing well and was sort of on the decline, and had to travel across the country out to California, where we used to live. But now I'm based in North Carolina. Spend time with her, and then we got word that she really wasn't doing well, and so went out again and spent more time with her right before she passed away and so it was somewhat expected it wasn't a shock uh those of you though that have had a parent pass away or anybody that's close to you a loved one uh that uh, that is going to to mean something to you emotionally you know kind of the 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 thing that that does to you it gets you out of your rhythm and I probably, like like most coaches, think oh, I can I can still do everything and and, um, and you know deal with this as well. And when my mom passed away, it wasn't so much an emotional uh, um, thing that I that I was overcome with. It was more just the the process of closing out. A life is, I guess, the best way I could explain it. So for those of you that haven't had this happen, uh, there's a lot of details to attend to and uh, put the travel aside and the time. Just the mental capacity, it occupies a space in your mind that I really just didn't budget for. And so every week I would be like, okay, this is the week I'm going to put together this podcast, uh, we'll release it, and then something else would come up. And I just was really bad about, uh, about sort of staying consistent with that. So, again, not an excuse, just an explanation because I also feel like that was the priority that needed to happen in life. And, heck, we got almost 80 episodes in the past to catch up on that, uh, that we can put out for you and have put out for you. So hopefully you got reacquainted with those and um, have also been reading our content that we put out now daily daily at dantutor.substack.com as well as the dantutor.com website. So anyway, that's what's been going on. Um, I really need to apologize to this coach who had a question and I said, ah, great question. I've been getting this a lot and I'm going to answer it and go into a lot of detail, coach, and just listen to it on the podcast uh, and it'll be great. Well, that was a long time ago as well, several weeks ago when, when uh, she first asked the question that many of you have asked me and have talked, I've talked to you about, but this is becoming more and more of a topic that I think needs to be addressed kind of formally and in depth, and that's what I'm aiming to do on this podcast, but I owe an apology to her as well, and so I'm going to be getting with her one-on-one and doing a little extra stuff for her uh, as a way of saying um, sorry for the delay. Okay, so with all that out of the way, what is the thing that we're dealing with today on this podcast episode? Well, it's what many of you have run into recently, which is kids, recruits that you are recruiting, that you think are great people as well as great athletes, are going to fit into your culture just perfectly. Everything is lining up, and then they commit. They come to campus. You start coaching them, and they are a 180 from what you thought they were. Um, they are not bought into your culture. They are not the people that you were told they were or that you observed they were. And that really goes to the question that this coach asked. Here is the question that kind of kicks off this whole discussion from this coach who may be experiencing the problem that you've experienced in the past and are trying to deal with. Here's her question. Hi, Dan. I've ended up with a number of players in the past few years who have had a negative impact on my team's dynamic, and I also have had parents who have ranged from very unsupportive of a team-focused culture to flat-out aggressive and hostile. I feel that I need to do a better job in the recruiting process to dig deeper, ask better questions of high school and club coaches, to try and find out if there has been what I would consider red flag behavior demonstrated. I realize it may be uncomfortable for a current coach to give anything but positive feedback, and it is possible if a player has only had their ideal role in their program or on that team that there hasn't been an opportunity for negative behavior to be demonstrated but I would appreciate any guidance you can give in asking the right questions in trying to solicit this information. Thank you. Okay so like I said that could be something that you have dealt with in the past or are dealing with right now what I have found it to be, uh, to be true is that in the last Four or five years especially, the number of coaches that have brought up this situation to me, and I don't care if it's a Division three coach, D2, D1, NAIA, experienced, brand new, head coach, assistant coach, all sports, this is one of the common things that is beginning to dominate recruiting thought, which is, I'm recruiting talent, yes, and that's important, but I'm also recruiting for culture. I'm recruiting for the right fit for our team, the right fit for me as a coach, and how do I know if I'm recruiting the right athlete? That was her question. That might be yours. That's what I want to try to dig into and give you some insights on in this podcast episode. So let's start off with the, the, the disclaimer that as we get into this, folks, there is not a surefire, 100%, 100% foolproof way of guaranteeing that you're not going to recruit a turd to your team. Uh, there is there's just no science to it uh, I can, as I'm saying this, I can remember an instance where I was working with a uh, on, with a coach that we still work with and the athlete that we were recruiting Division 1, high caliber uh, ranked athlete nationally top 20 kid in their sport and in working with the coach, we were, uh, as a client, we were getting sort of at least updates every other day. Here's here's what they just texted. Here's what the parents said. Hey, they're coming to campus. Hey, the campus visit went great. Here's what they said. Every single indicator, and I mean, I have a pretty good BS uh, meter <laughs> indicator uh, warning system given you know 15 years of doing this. Nothing was really registering as a red flag. It all looked like it was going in our direction. And from the day before, hey, coach, we're, we're committing the next day. Uh, and the next day comes, and I still remember it as I'm as I'm talking to you. I can remember remember it like yesterday. Because fortunately, it doesn't happen very often. When we work with a client, usually we're pretty on. We've done the research with their program. We know the coach. We were able to, to pretty much be zeroed in but this one tricked us because I was I was getting on a plane had just sat down exit row window seat and was got a text from this coach and the coach said we lost the the prospect we lost the name of the prospect and my ma- I still remember my mouth dropped open and I thought they fooled us We were reading it one way. They totally went the different direction. Um, And it ticked me off and it made me sad to the point where I teared up a little bit because our staff worked really hard on this one too. My whole point in giving you that story was to say that you can put all the man hours and effort and research into an athlete that you're recruiting. And sometimes, coach, they just lie to you. They fool you. They're really good at fooling you. Now... Let's, let's zero it down into what you're dealing with. You're dealing with trying to bring somebody into really what is a family, what is, might be a good, cohesive working unit, and they just don't fit. You're trying to find a kid that matches your, your style as a coach that wants to be coached a certain way, that wants a certain personality coaching them, and you just want the fit, and it just doesn't fit. Even though they say and give all the indications of how great it's gonna be, they buy into the way you're doing things, all the indicators are there, they show up, and it just doesn't work. You, in in this business coach, you have to be accepting of the fact that that's gonna happen from time to time. Uh, With the D1 football staffs that we work with, that happens all the time, and they have the biggest budgets, they have the most coaches, They're able to do as much homework as anybody else in college athletics is going to do. And you know what? I would say, on average, every class, they probably miss two or three or four guys that they bring in, that they sign, that just turn out to not be what they thought they were going to be. And part of this I'm going to put on the athletes. Part of it is the mindset that you're recruiting now, which is... I'm, I've worked hard as a junior hire. I've worked harder as a high school athlete. I put in the extra hours. I played club. I've done the extra lift sessions. I've gone to the camps. I get the private training, whatever they've done in their sport to get to where they're at now. And all along the way, Coach, what has the message been? The message has been, if you work hard, if you play for my club, if you do the extra workouts, if you do this, if you just go to this one other tournament, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is, you're going to get the college sports opportunity, whether that's a scholarship or just to be on a sports team. Uh, even if it's at Division three and you're not getting an athletic scholarship, there's still the prestige of playing college athletics and the benefits that they associate coming with that. And there are benefits with that. But the problem is that all throughout their formative years athletically, their mindset has been, this is the goal, this is the goal, I've got to, I have got want to play college athletics, I want to be on the team, I want to be called a college athlete. And once they achieve that, once it's done, what we find, and what you're finding too, is that the attitude is, ah, okay, I'm here, I made it, I'm a college athlete at this school, this college, this university. Whew, good. I did it. And now I relax. And you're coming along as a coach saying, hey, you're not going to relax. You need to keep working hard. In fact, you aren't as good as you need to be to play for my team. And what you're finding is a lot of them, that's a shock. They've never been told that they aren't good enough. In fact, just the opposite. All throughout their life, they've been told, I, you are good enough. You're really good. You're so good that if you keep playing for me and my club team and my high school team and or get the private instruction, I'm going to get you on to college. College athletics has become the summit. That, that That is the peak at which you're supposed to arrive. And what they don't know is that once they get to that peak, over across that valley is another higher mountain that you want them to climb. And some kids were finding just aren't cut out for that. They just don't have the mental capacity and the drive to want to go after it because this has been the goal all along is to just get the college scholarship, just get the college playing opportunity. And you've given it to them and so now I have to readjust that mindset. So that circles back around to you now have a couple of those kids on your team that really aren't built for college athletics, that just wanted the signing ceremony. They wanted the press. They wanted people to say, "Hey, good job, good work, you did it." And now they're not really performing. And you want to try to not have that type of athlete on your team because number one, it's no fun to coach them, and and you know number two, or maybe one a, it's hard, it's impossible to coach them because they're not coachable. They're not ready to put in the work. So how do you find out ahead of time that you're dealing with that? kind of an athlete because that's really the core of this coach's question and the question that you might be asking. Well, I I tend to be kind of a, a, a logical, systematic guy in giving advice to coaches and also looking at what has worked for people that we've worked with in the past. And so I'm going to ask you to think about something that I ask a lot of coaches that uh, have gone through this process before. I ask them to think about it. So I'm going to ask you the same thing. Where do we get What's our available information source? If we look at the problem as we need to do a better job of gleaning information and somehow noticing the red flags that right now we're missing, how do we do that? Well, what are the available information sources? Let's start with the athlete themselves. That's who you want to talk to, and you would hope that they're going to tell you the truth, but as you are probably discovering, they're not always telling you the truth. Uh, and, and by the way, as we talk about this, we're talking, I think, fortunately, about a smaller percentage of the athletes. So this isn't everybody. This isn't every athlete is lying to you. Every parent is crazy. Um, every uh, situation that they've grown up with isn't healthy. That's not true. We're dealing with a smaller percentage, but significant of a percentage that it still is something that um, that that you have to deal with. So. Just wanted to clear that up that we're not talking about every athlete, but there are a number of athletes that as you're talking to them as one of the available information sources for making this assessment as to whether or not they're the right athlete for you in your program, you have to talk to them. What most coaches make the mistake of doing is asking questions that are positive, asking questions that are optimistic. In other words, so what do you want to do in college? What are your goals in college? Um, What do you want to help a team do in college? Look, and they're all good-hearted, wonderful things to, um, to, to talk about. But if we're trying to get the truth out of somebody, if you ask me a positive question, or I'm going to try to give you a positive answer back, I think that that's how to do it. So if you ask me, Dan, how are you doing today? Even if I'm having a crappy day, uh, and dealing with stuff from my mom passing away or any, we all have those, those problems that are, that are going on in our days. And you ask me, how how's everything going? What's my natural reaction? It's going good. I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. Fine, how are you? That's how we're going to answer the question. Um, you walk into a store. The salesperson comes up. Hi, welcome. Can we help you with anything? No, I'm just looking. I'm fine. We don't naturally go to the deep interaction with that other person, even though that other person is inviting that deep interaction. So you're doing the same thing when you go and ask them about goals, you're asking them about what they want out of college, you're hoping that that generates and and would expect that it would would generate this really thoughtful conversation that that is truthful. And what we're finding is that that's just not the case. So one of the answers that we found to that is for you to ask the question in a negative way so and we've talked about this on some past podcasts and articles that we've written at dantutor.com but um, let me just say a couple of things a couple of examples that might give you an idea of what I'm talking about so instead of asking what do you want out of college um, what do you what are your goals in college again a very optimistic positive um, thing that you're asking in the way that you're asking it I would suggest that you ask it is hey as you're looking at colleges, you're starting to talk to coaches, what are you getting the sense of that wouldn't be right for you? What is the wrong situation for you to go into? Now, they don't know the right immediate answer for that. What do I mean by the right answer? Well, if I if you ask me as a college student or college sorry, college prospect looking to be a college student and athlete, If you ask me, so what do you want out of your college career? I know what the right answers are. I know the answers to the test and the answers to the test are, I want a good education. I want a shot at playing uh, my sport in college. I want to be a part of a team. I want to make friends. Those are all the positive things that I'm going to recite back to you that I have learned in our culture is the right way to answer that question, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. Most of the time, is it? sure? all the time? No. So I need to ask a negative question because what you'll find is when you ask that question, so basically which college, which type of school or situation or coaching style would be wrong for you, what you'll find is they'll say, uh, mm, wow, uh, good question. Um, and if they don't have an immediate response, that means whatever they answer with next is probably gonna be the truth because they haven't made up the answer in their mind yet. So start with this first available information source, which is athletes that you're recruiting. Start with not asking the typical positive uh, sunshine and rainbow and unicorn questions that most coaches ask and that they've already answered 17 times before for coaches, ask the question that is negative what's wrong with this? What would be wrong with this situation? What don't you want? What don't you like in a coach? Those are really, really insightful questions. Because, look, if I am, as a coach, when I coached football, um, I was I was focused, but I wasn't afraid to yell. The, and those of you that know me might find that hard to believe, but on the football field, I, I could yell and, uh, and get frustrated. If if, if that's my coaching style, and I knew that as an athlete, I didn't want a coach that ever yelled. That when a coach yelled, I knew I hated that person. They weren't going to um, get through to me. I closed off. I shut down. I got nervous. I just don't want to play for a coach that yells. And I'm a coach that is a you know, that is going to be motivating by, by raising my voice. I need to know that as a coach. I don't want to coach a kid. That is going to shy away and close off if I raise my voice to them. Not even in a mean way, but just as a, a, a uh, to, as a way to to emphasize something. I don't want to be coaching that kid. That's the wrong fit, and it's going to be the wrong fit for them. Well, how do I know that? Unless I get them to tell stories about the type of coaching style that is wrong. That's your responsibility, coach. So. Make sure that you are asking them negative questions about what they don't want, don't like, what's not the right fit. What college setting would be wrong for you? Because again, if I'm in the city and I get the kid who wants the smaller suburban or rural country, um, you know, big lots of acres on campus type of setting, I'm not going to be right for them. Should Should I even spend the time recruiting them to my campus? The answer might be no. So with the athletes, understand that they are very much primed and trained to give you the right answer rather than the truthful answer. Make sure you're asking the right questions at them. Uh, now, other things related to the athlete, what they're like, their demeanor in games, what you see on on, on video. You all know how to do that. I'm not going to advise you on what you need to look for based on your sport, division level, and your coaching style um, because if you need my help with that, then it's we're, we're it's probably time to hang it up because I'm not going to give you good advice for your support and your coaching style on that. But when it comes to questions, that's what I would want to see you do. Okay, the second group that has influence and insights into the athletes that you're recruiting are the parents. Now, let's go to the sole and core motivation for most parents, which is I want to see my son or my daughter succeed have achieved this goal that they've set, which is, remember what the goal is the goal is to get a college scholarship or to play in college. It's not, to, the goal has not been to be truthful and, and match up with a good coach. That might be a secondary goal, but it's not the thing that drives me. The, what drives me is I want to see them succeed and reach this goal. And the goal is what? The goal is to play sports in college. So, if that's my mindset as a parent going in, I'm not going to be truthful with you either. At least I'm going to shade the truth in favor of my son or my daughter because unless I just have a super um, clear, balanced way of looking at life and um, I am very hands-off, which as I'm describing that, that's that's a rare parent quality now. Most of them are very involved. I am going to steer them into what I would want to see or what I know they want to see. And so I'm not going to be very truthful with you either. So I think asking the same questions to the parents, the same type of questions, would be really, really uh, uh, a good a good first step. So, look, Mom, Dad, you know your daughter better than I do as her potential coach. Can you tell me what would be the wrong situation for her? What would – if a type of college was recruiting her and instinctively you just knew that was the wrong type of college, talk to me about those types of colleges those types of questions I think would be really insightful. But let's go beyond that, uh, beyond just asking them the same types of questions uh, as the athletes, which again I advise doing. But now go one step further and talk about for them, what do you want to see for her? What do you want to see for him? What is the right situation for them? Because the parents, unlike the athletes we find, do know what the right situations are and they'll be a little less pie in the sky, a little less bland. They'll be very, very specific with you, and that's what you need is some some specifics. Now, along the way, third aspect of communicating with the parents and trying to find out, am I recruiting this right athlete for our culture and my coaching style? I want to notice their demeanor when they're answering those questions. I want to notice who's in control. So, does mom always jump in and answer and she seems uh, really controlling really opinionated okay that tells me something about who's really controlling that situation in their house uh, do the parents uh, as they're talking to you say well uh, our son wants uh, this this and this but that's not right for him we know he needs this this and that okay it tells me again there's there is conflict in that house in terms of how this decision is going to be made. Um, And sometimes, again, by talking to the parents sooner rather than later, you get an idea of their demeanor, uh, their mental state, and I'm not, I'm not saying that flippantly, by the way. I mean, what, how they approach life and handling situations and handling this very important process. There's been a lot of coaches that, when we've advised them to do this, have come back and said, Oh my gosh, Dan, what I realized in this conversation early on is that the athlete is kind of take it or leave it when it comes to playing college athletics. But mom is all about it. This is her goal. This is her dream. It's not her son's dream. And that's what you need to find out. Through asking the questions and having the conversations early on with parents, you get an idea as to whether or not that's a a situation that is healthy, that that's a, a, a situation that they're going to be telling the truth about the demeanor of the athlete, and you're going to get to uncover some things. Because the... I think one of the big problems in this didn't fit right, wrong for our culture aspect is the athlete comes in and what coaches are noticing is they just don't want to work. They just don't want it as much as they did. And I think if when we dig into what some of those, those situ, individual situations are, many times it comes back to the fact that, uh, you know, in short, the parent wanted this more than the athlete did. And I, I keep stressing asking these conversations or having these conversations, asking these questions early on, because most coaches, and it boggles my mind, if this is you, please change this, it boggles my mind that most coaches don't make a parent conversation one of the first, if not the first thing they do with uh, a prospect as they start to recruit that family and that prospect. Uh, why? The the parents are the key to everything. and. Sometimes we'll find coaches that will spend six months, eight months, a year communicating with the athlete. They get them to campus for an unofficial, um, and then the parents come, and, or you finally talk to the parents. Coach finally talks to the parents and realize, oh my gosh, the parents are nuts. The parents are driving this decision. The parents are actually working against us. Had I known this eight months ago, I wouldn't have recruited the athlete. Well, the fix to that is pretty easy, Coach. Talk to the athletes, yes, but talk to the parents right alongside that first conversation with the athletes. So, hey, Josh, great talking to you. Really excited to start recruiting you. Glad we had this first phone call. Hey, before we hang up, is your mom or dad there? I'd love to talk to them for a few minutes. And it's have a conversation with mom or dad because they're going to tell you as much as the athlete well and probably more early on as to what their priorities are and you get a sense for who they are because as we all know based on the research that we've done the parents are huge drivers in the decision making process so that's going to tell you a lot about uh the type of um the type of person that you're recruiting and are they going to be a right fit for your culture okay so we've gone through the athletes, the parents, the other, uh, and the next uh, factor or the next influencers in this decision-making process are their coaches, and this was really one of the questions that this coach asked um, when uh, when she asked this question, which was I'm talking to these club coaches, the high school coaches and they're telling me one thing and the kids get here the kids get here and they're not the way that they were described. Well, let's step back a second and look at the real world coach. The real world is if you're dealing in a club sport especially, especially what is the motivator for that coach? That coach is in effect running a business. Uh, even if they're not making a lot of money from their club, their team that they're running or their private instruction, There is a motivator there is something in it for them they like doing it they like being involved in the community they like having this team and in that and very very often that there is a monetary factor it is a club sport where the parents are paying they're funding the club which are paying the coaches the coach you're dealing with is one of the coaches that is being paid their motivator is what it's to get As many of their kids in the club, and I'll throw high school teams into this as well, because there's some high school programs that really thrive on the reputation of sending a lot of kids to college. Their motivation is, I want as many of our kids getting to college as possible in my sport. And not just any college, but I want them getting the athletic scholarship. Why is that? Well, because at their club, in their high school, The reason that kids, parents, families want to be involved in that club or that high school program is why. Because if I go and play there for that coach, I'm going to get a college scholarship. I'll get to play in college because look at all the other schools that uh, have come in and recruited kids from that team with the help of that coach. So right away, if that is the foundation of how their club and their team operates... Doesn't it make sense that they're going to be more self, there's more self interest in their motivation rather than uh, an altruistic, good reason for communicating with you and telling the truth to you? No. They want as many of their kids to go on and play college athletics as possible. And so that's their motivating factor. When they talk to you, you have to understand that's the motivating factor for them. And if that's the motivating factor, they're not going to be prone to 100% truth. So I don't know that, I mean, it's sad to say this because ironically, it's probably, they probably should be the most accurate of all of the information sources. But high school and club coaches are naturally going to say good things about their athletes because they want the next family that isn't a part of their club team but is thinking about it to come and join the club team and continue the business. So they're not going to be a great source of uh, of truth. Now, I, I don't want to paint them completely with a broad brush because that's not the intent. Um, there are great coaches at the high school and club levels who are going to be completely truthful. They're going to have good relationships with you. And in fact, you know, sort of the subset to, to this point that I wanted to make is that The more you talk and develop relationships with these coaches, and the longer those relationships go on, the more truthful they're going to be because if they trick you once, okay, um, shame on them. If they trick you twice, shame on you for believing it. But also, they can only do that so many times before you don't recruit their club program anymore, and they, they know that. So there is this balance that should take place that you have to call them on things, and the longer the relationship is, uh, the more trust there is between you and b- between them, the more likely it is that they are going to tell you the truth. Um, so you have to treat that relationship with, with, with balance and understand what their motivations are, but also understand that part of the workload and part of the responsibility falls on you to ask the right questions. Yes. But also coach to develop the relationship that is going to engender trust, and the fact that you could be a pipeline for the right kids in the right situations to your to your college program. That is far easier to do than um, than uh, if you rather are uh, are building a relationship with them. If you're not just one of the coaches that has swooped in lately to to get the good kid um, or you know you show up and it's the first year you're there and there's really not a sense that you're going to be there for very long or that there's not the relationship building that should take place make sure there is because that fixes a lot of the problems build the relationship build the trust and you'll get more of the truth Um, another category to look at that i think college coaches look at this but um, maybe not as in-depth as they should, which is social media. Many of your athletes that you're recruiting are, are on social media, and it's, it's hard to track the whole social media for all of your prospects just because of the sheer number of prospects and the number of interactions that they have with, uh, with their audience, whoever that is. Social media, though, is a great indicator. So, if I'm a coach and I try to run a very, um, let's say, ethical, you know, high standards in our program, I don't want, um, I don't want, you know, uh, language. uh, I, 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 you know, let's just say that's one of my things. I don't want uh, when you're practicing, when you're in a competition. Uh, to represent the college uh, the best Uh, I don't want any swear words Uh, that that's just a non-starter at our school because of the type of school that we are Um, the reason that came to mind is that there's two coaches we work with where that's that is as they've defined it that's some of their standards and so you have to recruit kids that meet those standards okay so if those are your standards and you go on social media and the really good kid that you're recruiting number one on your list is dropping f-bombs and posting inappropriate things inappropriate you're making the judgment call on that whatever that is um should you keep recruiting that athlete as good as he or she is and the answer is probably going to be no but if you miss it and you don't track social media like most coaches don't then you're going to recruit a kid that's probably not going to be the right fit for your program um so there's a lot of different tools to track different social media, even within things like Instagram and Twitter, um, to follow and track certain users. You, um, you know, the, the tools are out there. Um, as a as a, a little commercial, and I say a commercial because I'm involved uh, in an ownership standpoint with with this uh, this tool. Um, I think RE Recruiting is a fantastic tool for this. Um, it is a contact manager in the same vein as Jump Forward, Front Rush, and those. But one of the things that we've built into this for coaches, uh, in addition to it being the least expensive option on the market, is the ability to track social media with your recruits and to be able to, uh, to get when you click on a recruits uh, um, uh, profile within, within the program, within RE Recruiting, you get the latest you can go back and and, and see the latest stream of social media uh, that they have that they have have posted so it's a very easy way to uh, to track all that uh, you can get informa- information at that at reRI recruiting but but the point is this you have to track it somehow you have to track and get a history of who this athlete is because over time for most kids it's almost impossible to hide who you are Uh, it is an open window into their soul (laughs) many a times and you have access to that window so use it uh, and make sure that you're that you are uh, tracking it because that's the thing that um, that you uh, that you have at your disposal. The last category that I want to touch on and then we're going to wrap it up. The, the last category is, and I saved this last because I don't know if it's the best for last, but I would say it's the least used. And that is either their teammates that they're currently playing with or kids on your team that have either played against them or with them in their club or high school programs as a resource for finding out who they really are so the reason we, we stumbled on this about a decade ago and I'm probably embarrassing to say that we should have figured this out on our own before hearing it play out a couple of different times but what what happened was on campus visits um, coaches would start asking kids about the kid the, the athlete that they have on campus that they are recruiting. And say, hey, you know, you played against her in club. Uh, How was she to play against? And it turns out that athlete on your team knew who she was, had negative things to say about her, had the stories that she had heard coming up, uh, you know, in the last year or two about this athlete because she still has ties to the community and they're a wealth of information and had that coach or those coaches not ask those athletes that are already on their team what do you know about her? what have you heard what would she like to play against um would you want her as a teammate why or why not those are things that i think are are underutilized uh greatly the the, the kids that you have on their team you could even extend this out to um because you know how big we are on giving kids on a campus visit when they come to visit your school we're, we're big on just letting them go off and be with some of the younger kids on the team and getting that relationship start starting to be formed even if they have no previous relationship or previous ties to anything and the information that comes back just after a couple of hours or an overnight visit with the kids that that he or she spent time with. Say, hey, what's this kid all about? What'd you learn? Would you want them on the team? What kind of things did they talk about with you? And letting your team come back and give you information on that. That is a huge resource that most coaches don't utilize. And it's funny, you would think that those athletes would come back to you and say, hey, coach, great visit. Here's what we talked about. They'd be great for the team. Or the opposite, hey, coach in. Red flags all over the place. They asked, where, where do you guys buy drugs here on campus? I'm into this and that and hey, they're wrong for our team. You would think that they would know to come back to you and talk about this and what we find is they don't. They don't know that they're supposed to do that or they just don't say it um, because of whatever reason and you need to ask them about that. So ask. And the other thing is the kids sometimes that you're recruiting in that same region or area uh, that you're recruiting other other prospects uh, that may be either playing against that club on the same club in the same high school. Ask them what they think about those athletes. Ask them their opinion and find out what you what you can because a lot of times they will uh, they'll either sing the praises or give you some warning signs about what you need to look into and that's something that is uh, is really underutilized. Most coaches don't do that. So if you look at the available areas of information that you have and the questions that you can ask, those would be the top five for me. The, that's the, the things that I have seen outside of you going and watch them play and watch what their demeanor's like when they're on the bench or, or going to watch a practice, all those observational things that you're doing already. When it comes to questions, Those are the things that I have seen pay off the best but it all comes down to you coach. It takes work. It takes a little bit of thoroughness. It takes the approaching this whole process with a long view rather than the short view. But if you do it right, that's what can get you the good information and then at the end of the day, really coach, you have to be the one to say he's right for us or he's not right for us. She's right for us or no, she's just not the right fit. And then having the courage to walk away from a really good athletic talent that on the personal side is going to be a cancer to your team or at the very least not the right fit. That's where it gets tough. So coach, have the courage to walk away. Have the courage to define and the knowledge and foresight to define who's right for us, who's wrong for us. Which type of player do I want to coach? Which type of player am I not a good coach for? and recruit to those strengths and weaknesses and those preferences. That's my advice, Coach. I really appreciate your patience with the long break in this podcast. We are going to hit it hard and heavy when it comes to uh, the upcoming podcast as we enter the year 2020. I appreciate each one of you. If you have questions about this, I am always available by email, dan at dantutor.com. You can follow on Twitter, at dan.tutor. We have daily recruiting training going out at dantutor.substack.com you can get involved with that about 95 cents a day get you access to all of that that we're putting out every single day including little mini podcasts uh, usually once every week or two which are interesting so a lot of resources for you to be great it starts and stops with you though coach you have to decide that this is a priority and that you want to get the training all the free stuff that we offer at DanTutor.com. Go to the blog, 15 years worth of research and strategies, all free to you. Um, and, Coach, we're here for you. That's the bottom line is we want you to be great. We want you to solve these problems so that you can have a great coaching career. That's what we're all about here. Thanks for listening. Tell other others in your uh, department to listen as well. Thank you for being here at the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. We will talk to you again soon, Coach. Have a great one out there. The College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2016 through 2020. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or stream us on Stitcher, and make sure to tell the coaches in your department about the show. Email the host at dan at and visit the website to access more of the free resources we give to the college coaching community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.